Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Leila and welcome back to the Learn Islam podcast. In this final episode of a four-part series, we broach the topic of why does Allah allow suffering? Life is not always a bed of roses. At times, we experience pain and endure hardship. To suffer is part of life. How does Allah's mercy apply to the many atrocities occurring throughout the world, especially today? In this segment, we join Ustaz Fatirahman Daud, member of the Singapore Fatwa Council, as he explains further on the mercy of Allah. He gives the analogy of seeing suffering in our lives like seeing only one pixel out of the full tapestry by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu wa nasta'hdihi Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina wa sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah Wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharikalah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Amma ba'd <coughs> Thank you very much, Ustaz Fakhrur uh, When he said that I'm his teacher It makes me look very old <laughs> but I'm still young at least young at heart <laughs> uh, this morning I told you that it's hard for me to deliver in Malay eh, sorry in English and now with this topic at an advanced level the level of difficulty for me <laughs> Berganda You know why? <coughs> because this topic actually Needs A certain background That's why they put it as Advanced level So <coughs> Hopefully Hopefully that we are here We have that certain basic knowledge Especially about the world view of Islam <coughs> And I don't want to conduct this lecture, me, like a sage on the stage, but rather I like to guide at your side. Okay. <laughs> and I believe that we here are all adults. We have our own background knowledge, experience that we can share together. And this topic what I want is for us to reflect back. There's a, a, most of them are conceptual. Most of them, uh, rather, we need the philosophical <coughs> background of it. Why does Allah allow suffering? If Allah is most merciful, why Allah allow suffering? Why Allah allow us, for example, as a Muslim who pray five times a day to suffer? Part of it, I did explain and Puan uh, Hamida also I did explain certain things related to, to the topic. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow suffering for us. <coughs> but again, with our educational background, different educational background, uh, secular, 
that differentiate between the worldly life and hereafter. There's no connection. Sometimes that concept doesn't appear in our mind. For a Muslim, Alhamdulillah, those who have that certain background knowledge of Islam, why, what, what is the purpose of we as a human being being here? Why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala created us? The one, someone who knows about that, Alhamdulillah, they do <coughs> find ways how to rational, rationalize things. But just imagine, just imagine someone with a little uh, background knowledge of Islam, the worldview of Islam. How can they relate? If Allah SWT is most merciful, why this happen? These things happens to us as a Muslim. We can see certain things happening in Syria, for example. Certain things happening in the Arab world. Recently, Palu, all Muslims. How can I mean <clears throat> my son? Although he grew up as a Muslim, he looked at their parents, me, my wife, <coughs> the grandmother, prays and every day, uh, you know, to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala five times a day. They ask difficult questions: Why must we pray? <laughs> Why must we pray to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? And this is seven years old kid. I have a student, uh, <coughs> not student of mine directly, in my institution. So one of the asatiza, one of the ustaza, came to me. Ustaz, <coughs> I have difficulty. One parent came to us and uh, telling me that to stop telling uh, young children in class that, for example, the non-Muslim go to hell and the Muslim will go to heaven <clears throat> the parent say one day when she came back the, the, the daughter came back home and then saying that I don't want to go to class anymore <laughs> why because my teacher said that the non-Muslim will go to hell fire and the Muslim will go to heaven. So why the mother asked her? She said, because I know that my friend, my neighbor, my close friend will go to hell. <laughs> and I'm very sad. <laughs> and this is this come from kindergarten or preschool student. So how do we deal with that? Even me, Asatiza or my my <coughs> fellow Asatiza, I don't think that we can handle that professionally. But again, this is the thing that comes out from and with we being all time educated <coughs> with a secular uh, point of view, worldview, <coughs> I can see the difficulties how to relate what's happening in Islam, our belief, to what actually happen in their worldview. <clears throat> but hopefully, uh, today, uh, no stress. 
I don't want to make it very, very difficult, but it's for us to reflect and to ask questions. Ask questions. And I, I might, I do, maybe I don't have the answer for it. Okay. Maybe I can ask Ustaz Fahru, Fahru Razi, uh, our Sheikh here. What's your name again? Sorry, sir. Ilham. She's graduate, uh, he, he graduated from Al Azhar. Inshallah. Oh, Ustaz Taufik. I saw one. <laughs> Yeah? We can all together share our experience. Okay? It's a hard thing, <coughs> it's a <coughs> hard question, but <coughs> let us go through it. And if we don't find the answer here, uh, hopefully in the uh, near future, inshallah. <coughs> <Okay. coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Qulillahu khaliku kulla shay. Say Allah is the creator of all things. Everybody here believes, right, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates everything. Betul? He is the one, the supreme and irresistible. And the second ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He who has made everything he has created most good. Everything that he created is perfect, good. So what is our definition of evil? Who created evil? If Allah created everything and all that he created is good, the main question, what is evil and who created it? Who can answer? Huh? If someone asks, Nam, if not Nabi Adam, Prophet Adam, uh, being chased from uh, heaven, we all not here. What, what what's the relation to my question? <laughs> yeah, that that's one the one thing that I will park. But again, my question is. If Allah created everything, and uh, and uh, what is evil, and Allah created everything is good, what is evil and who created it? <coughs> yeah. Shaitan, Shaitan created evil. Who created Shaitan? <laughs> if Shaitan is the father of all evil, <laughs> for example, eh? okay, who created Shaitan? Huh? Allah created shaitan. Why? Is shaitan good? Yeah? Initially. Then, he destroyed. This is something pernah ter, ter, ter apa? terbayang. Terfikir. Have you asked, ever asked this question? Yes, right. And this question been asked now uh, by the, by small kids, <laughs> right? But sometimes we don't have the answer. It's hard for us to give the answer. Why? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, if He creates created everything and all His creation is good, why is there an evil? And who created evil? <clears throat> I don't want to answer now. Maybe I don't have a very perfect answer. Let's discuss later. But the notion of evil in Al Quran. <clears throat> How 
do they how do Al-Quran interpret what are the meaning of evil in Al-Quran they have different when when Allah SWT uses the, the word uh, evil in Quran they have different meanings I will just give a few first وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِالشَّرِّ وَالْخَيْرِ فِتْنَةً and we test you by evil and by good by way of trials what is evil here? We test you by evil and by good, by way of trials. What is evil here? Eh? What do Allah SWT means by evil here? It's general evil, basically. Some things that uh, we don't like. Disaster, for example. Okay? Something bad happened to us. Our, our family, close friends died, for example, right? <coughs> okay. But as a trial. Walau yaja'alullahu linnasi syarra sti'jalahum bilkhair laqudia ilahim ajaluhum. The second ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if Allah were to hasten for men the evil they have earned, as they would fain hasten on the good, they would their respite be settled at once. General evil, but in this sense, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala also said it's about al-maut, death. So death, in a certain point of view, it can be framed as an evil thing. Is 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 death an evil thing? <laughs> if if someone died. Your close friend, your close family member died. Is it an evil thing? Some might say that, oh, this is something bad happening to me. But is it bad? We need to ask that question. Is it bad? Is it evil? But the word evil being used here. <coughs> The next ayah, وَيَدْعُوا الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَنَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا And man prays Allah for evil as he prays Allah for good and man is ever hasty. I want you to concentrate on the last ayah. This ayah explains everything. The meaning of evil and khair. But is it possible وَعَسَى أَن تَقْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ but is it possible that we dislike a thing or you dislike a thing which is good for you and that you love a thing which is actually bad for you? And at the end of the ayah says, Allah knows better. So sometimes we see a things, we define a certain things that happen to us as evil, as shar. But it's actually good for us. Khair. The opposite of shar, evil, is al-khair. It's something good. And sometimes, Allah says in this ayah, when we see a certain things, maybe we see it as a positive things, good things. But actually it's not good for us. So what should we do? As a Muslim, as a believer, what should we do? We just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala All the good things Will happen to us Sometimes Is it 
in, in our perspective is bad but we know that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better and we ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to make good things come out from that what we see as a bad thing <coughs> again i just throw out questions here at the first stage boleh eh still okay Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq min sharri ma khalaq say I seek refuge with the Lord of the dawn from the evil acts of his creatures okay. some some interpretation ada kesilapan there's a uh, what I think there's a <coughs> uh, mistranslated okay. some some translate that min sharrima khalaq from the evil of his creation from his creation so i seek refuge with the lord of the dawn from the evil of allah's creation i mean from from the evil that allah created i think that is not quite uh, a good translation the translation that i think is uh, it's suitable is from the evil act of his creation creatures that means the evil act of us as a creatures so again from the first question right who created evil is it us we ourselves that creates evil as a creature or allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> And last question Is the existence of a powerful and merciful God compatible with the existence of evil and suffering in the world Is the existence of powerful and merciful merciful God Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala we know that Allah is the most powerful betul and we know that Allah is the most merciful but is it compatible with the all the existence of evil and suffering in this world <clears throat> okay. One thing I want to ask before I answer again the, all the questions. Is Allah only merciful and powerful? Yeah? What? Allah also? Allah also? Yeah? Just betul. It's a powerful word <laughs> just kita kita tahu kan Allah Subhanahu taala maha adil adil our program today adil <laughs> Allah lagi and another attributes of Allah give me eh forgiving lagi compassionate Other than that wisdom Allah ada hikmah tak? Allah knows everything. Right? Okay. <coughs> Sorry I changed my slide here tapi tak change sini. <laughs> okay. So Allah the merciful and powerful according to Al-Quran God is Al-Qadir meaning 
the all-powerful and ar-rahman meaning the merciful which also implies compassion okay islam requires that mankind know and believe in god of power mercy and goodness in general okay but is god only the merciful and all powerful the answer is allah has many names and attributes brother how 99 only restricted to 99 no maybe more than that but allah gives us the knowledge we only know that uh, the 939 attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala names and attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay we all hafal right hafal tak nasaluka ya man hafal eh we do memorize that but do we do we know the meaning the the hadith say that man hafizaha dakhala jannah betul whoever memorize it will go to jannah then we we also put memorize right? nasaluka ya man what's the meaning don't know <laughs> okay actually what i understand eh the arabic term man hafizaha correct me if i'm wrong sheikh man hafizaha whoever protect what means protect is not just to memorize it okay when we know that allah subhanahu wa taala dialah yang maha apa pengijab kabul for example who, who he will give anything for one who who, who ask allah subhanahu wa taala so if we know that anything that <coughs> befalls on us we will ask allah subhanahu wa taala if we know that allah subhanahu wa taala knows everything that we do so bear in mind that allah subhanahu wa taala knows so we jaga-jaga man hafizaha so every attributes of allah subhanahu wa taala have that meaning that we need to understand and we need to hafizaha uh, tu maknanya jaga to <coughs> to ensure that we imply imply that in our daily lives understand understand if we do that with all the 99 names and attributes of allah subhanahu wa taala insyaallah we will go to jannah <coughs> okay allah has many names and attributes these are understood historically by allah subhanahu wa taala oneness again we need to see everything holistically for instance one of his names is al hakim meaning the wise and the most wise since the very nature of god is wisdom it follows that whatever he <coughs> whatever <coughs> sorry whatever he wills is in line with the divine wisdom this magic word the divine wisdom sometimes the structure the secular structure cannot in line with this this thing yeah? the divine wisdom what is divine wisdom we cannot think about that with divine wisdom we cannot see we cannot sense it betul tak okay. but as a muslim as a believer we do believe with this uh, uh, divine wisdom <coughs> he's he wills is in line with the divine wisdom give you an example <coughs> it says here allah's wisdom is unbound 
and complete. Whereas we have limited wisdom and we have limited knowledge. Allah has the totality of wisdom and knowledge. We just have its particulars. In the line below, I put it as Allah has the picture and we only have one pixels of it. We don't clearly see the, the bigger picture. So if, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do something, the what they call it uh, 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 bad things happen in Palu for example bad things happen in Syria bad things happens in us sometimes we need to see it as a bigger picture but we can't my father died maybe my close friend died we only see in that area in front of us but we cannot see the bigger picture. Maybe with that makes me become a stronger person. Okay, that we I can bear with all the the the, the trouble and uh, adversity. <clears throat> okay, just because we cannot access the divine wisdom doesn't mean that it does not exist. It exists, and doesn't mean because the secular framework it, they they can't they cannot differentiate. They say no. What is div uh, divine wisdom? This reasoning is typically when we say that uh, what is divine wisdom? I cannot even think of, of it. It's like a toddler kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, argument. You know, when a toddler, the kita ada budak budak kecil kan. When we say that we we ask them not to uh, eat a lot of sweets. Do you think that they can understand why? <laughs> they they only say that why my father my my parents not allowing me to do that because they don't see the what's the bigger picture what's the consequences later part. Bila dia dah besar dah apa, these things will come to them. <coughs> Furthermore, sometimes we misunderstand the definition and nature of God. Nipple uh, penting. What is the nature of God? From the all the attributes, kita tahulah. And also, kita lupa, we forget. What is the purpose of us being here in the in the world? In my previous uh, talk. I did explain that <coughs> kita dijadikan we are here with one purpose. What is it? Siapa ingat? With one purpose. Huh? Khalifatullah okay. fil ard. Okay. Sebagai khalifah di muka bumi. And then, apa yang kita perlu lakukan? Ibadah. Wama khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa liya'budun. Aku tidak jadikan manusia dan jin. I do not created the, the 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 human beings and the jin unless for them to do uh, or what do you call ibadah. Worship me. So kalau lah kita tahu, if we know the purpose of us being here, 
and our deal with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala first time when we say when Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala say Allah stu bi rabbikum am i not your lord Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says and we say what qalu bala indeed indeed you are our lord Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala but after we are here then we forget everything Betul? then we 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 forget what is our purpose of being in the world who is our lord and so forth <coughs> masih lagi conceptual <laughs> bear with me eh boleh eh <coughs> and this conceptual thing uh, sometimes we cannot as a human we need to know there's a boundaries we cannot know beyond certain things what is the wisdom behind that we know that we are only humble allah servant of allah we know that our knowledge is limited allah knows everything we know that certain things we don't know what is the hikmah <coughs> beyond it i give you one uh, story lah eh? <coughs> everybody knows about the uh, story of khidir and Musa tahu kan ya apa cerita dia why when when people ask who is the most knowledgeable what is his answer what is nabi Musa's answer the prophet Musa's answer siapa baik but what is his answer when people ask him who is the most knowledgeable among us okay in this world at that point of time who is the most knowledgeable apa dia jawab eh siapa i am the <laughs> i am the most knowledgeable kenapa eh nabi Musa ni orang dia sombong ah <laughs> no because just imagine as a as a prophet i'm a prophet allah swt i i get knowledge direct from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course at that point of time he assumed that he is the most knowledgeable betul but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what did allah say no there's another person that is more knowledgeable than you and after that khidir Uh, sorry uh, nabi musa alaihi salam ask allah swt give me permission for me to see this guy uh, by the way in the quran the he, he the quran didn't mention the word khidir it's only in the uh, prophetic tradition of the hadith that allah subhanahu uh, that the prophet swt mentioned the word khidir then uh, then the the word khidir also can be pronounced as khidir khudur habar pelbagai lah Uh, apa tadi sorry oh he asked permission from Allah Subhanahu wa taala ya Allah can you give me permission to meet this guy then Allah granted permission for Musa to meet <coughs> and then long story make it short when when nabi Musa alaihi salam met khidir nabi Musa has his own revelation eh? betul eh syariat dia tersendiri when he met khidir <coughs> he said that i want to learn from you 
I want to follow you and learn from you. Apa Khidir cakap? What Khidir said? Falantas tetas tatik ma'ya sabra. You will not be patient with me. How can you be patient with something that you don't know about? You have no knowledge about. Sama lah kita kan. Kita selalu istijal. Baca certain, we read a certain post in uh, in apa? In in the Facebook and so forth. We throw laju je we want to comment with our little knowledge <coughs> okay anyway say please give me a chance for me to follow you and learn from you okay because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that you are more knowledgeable from me <coughs> so Khidr say okay I allow you to to follow me and learn from me so in one occasion they want to cross a river or a sea I think it's a river he mentioned <clears throat> then this owner of a ship allowed them to to ride the, the, the ship and they give them food they, I mean the, the, the owner of the ship give them uh, give Nabi Khidir and Musa salam food and everything place to stay on top of the ship after they are all busy with doing uh, doing something Nabi Khidir took something and hammered the 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 ship that makes the ship sink why what did Musa say Musa say are you crazy <laughs> I mean, not not that that is specific, lah. Okay, but see, why why are you doing this? Then Nabi Khidir said, "Sure, I told you that you will not have patience following me." That's one story, right? Nabi Musa say, "Give me la last one chance, okay? One more chance, okay? Don't lato akhisni anhara." Then they go on a journey. They see a young boy. They saw a young boy. What did Khidir do to the, this young boy? Anyone? They killed the, the young boy. Why? This is something that is big. You know, as a, as a prophet, you know that in your sharia, in, your, in the revelation that you cannot kill a person, especially a young boy that have no sin. But Khidir killed him. And this also shows, okay, sideline. This also shows that, uh, in my opinion, Khidir is a Nabi. He's a pro prophet, not a saint and so forth, like some uh, other, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, other uh, interpretation. <coughs> okay. And the third one, and, and again, again, uh, Khidir said, see, I told you not to ask question. Falantas tatik maya sabro. You will not have patience uh, following me. So that's it. And Nabi Musa say, please, Khidir, one last chance. One last chance. At least three. Eh? <laughs> okay. They go into a village, a town, and there's. Uh, oh, and then before that, they ask for food and so forth. And then. The whole town rejected them 
and then they went off uh, just at the end of the village there's a wall okay wall to the uh, breakdown robo then Khedir asked Musa help him to build up again that wall right then Musa say why why are you doing this they uh, they throw us from the village they don't help us and now you're helping them building that wall okay again hey they say told you three times right <laughs> this is the last time you will have no patient following me and then Khidir told Musa what's happening what's really happening okay the first one tyrant was seizing all good ships if that ship remained in good shape it would have been seized from the owner and that's worse and that is worse than having to repair a few plank of the ships so they bocorkan sikit eh? so at the end of the day all the and all the tyrants see oh this is a, a bad ship they will just leave it there and they can still recover from it <clears throat> second one he was not a believer the young boy but his parent was righteous believing people if he had lived he would have caused them distress the parents distress oppression and sorrow okay and the third one under under the wall was hidden treasure that belonged to two orphans due to their father being righteous allah wanted their treasure to be safe and hidden until they were old enough to use it wisely what's the lesson that we can take from this again eh what's the lesson <laughs> eh if we see a small kid nampak lain macam aja we can kill <laughs> nampak motor orang macam tak betul aja nampak motor ustaz if you see ustaz Taufik motorcycle pecahkan. <laughs> eh? Huh? Wait another 2 minutes. Seriously. Give me 5 minutes. I belum sampai lagi akhir dia. <laughs> This shows us that there is a wisdom, certain things, knowledge that beyond our our knowledge that we have. And this is what we are we are seeing is the prophet, prophet Musa. And prophet Musa that receive wahyu from Allah Subhanahu taala certain things also again if we have faith in Allah Subhanahu wa taala we know that Allah Subhanahu taala is wise the most wise he has his wisdom and so on certain things we need to put in a certain perspective and don't try to come into conclusion Okay. I try to be fast in 2 minutes eh. Okay, Khidir was the one whom Allah Subhanahu taala had given knowledge of the reality behind the perceived evil and suffering and he had not given it to Musa. With reference to the statement you will not be able to bear with me patiently, it means you will not be able to accompany me when you see me doing things that go again against your law uh, against that something we can rationalize okay. 
because I have knowledge from Allah Subhanahu Taala, and that He has not taught you, and you have knowledge from Allah that He has not taught me. This is from Ibn Kathir. But doesn't mean, doesn't mean, okay. Uh, later, for example, if you see me, eh, minum whiskey, ke, drink whiskey, beer, and say, why, Ustaz, Ustaz, why you do that? Oh, I have <laughs> certain wisdom that you don't know. <laughs> You look that as a whiskey or beer or alcohol, but in my perspective, it's something that I, uh, something that 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 that, that Allah Subhanahu Taala allows me. Uh, if you see some guru asatiza <laughs> like that, uh, then uh, go and call Muiz, ask them to do something. <laughs> and then he say, you can you you remember the Khidir and Musa story? <laughs> no, eh? Because at the end of the day, the revelation. Ended, okay. Aliyama akmal tulakum dinakum. So what uh, our Prophet Muhammad SAW brings us, if this is haram, this is okay, then that's it. Okay, you cannot interpret it uh, by your own. Evil and suffering are part of a divine purpose. God does not create pure evil; rather, in everything that He creates, is a wise purpose by virtue of what is good. Okay, again. He creates a wise purpose by virtue of what is good. Okay? However, there may be some evil in it for some people, and this is partial. It's a partial evil we call it. In a certain perspective, it is evil, but in the greater picture, the whole picture, it is good. We need to believe that. <clears throat> Relative evil. As for the evil of absolute evil, the Lord is. How do you pronounce that? Exonerated, uh, exonerated of that. This is from Ibn Taymiyyah. Okay. How many slides do I have? Okay, one, uh, two minutes. Slides. Will ya? Another one or two minutes? Okay. Life is a test. Uh, I explained this before, so I don't want to go deep. We know that uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Allah mauta wal hayata liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsanu amal Allah created death and life so that he may put you into test so the greater picture is a test for us it's a it's something good for us although death comes we might see that as an evil evil thing especially to our beloved ones but as a, a whole picture uh, is a good test for us <coughs> Okay, this is uh, our purpose. I already explained in the first part. I did not create either jinn or man except to worship me. This we need to put inside ourselves. We need to remember at any point of our time. Our purpose, main purpose, is ibadatillah. Uh, At the end, just to finish this, uh, one narr narration from Muslim Imam Muslim. Amazing is the affair of believers. Verily, all of his affair is good. So, from the perspective of believers, everything is good. And this is not for no one except the believer. If something good or happiness befalls him, he is grateful. And that is good for him. If something of harm befalls him, 
he is patient sabar again as what i explained and that is good for him okay. i don't want to answer the first few questions at this first slides i hope that we can discuss later on the q and a i want also to to hear what is your view how can we uh, see in a bigger picture in a clearer picture with allah most powerful most merciful and his wisdom why all this happening to us especially as a muslim okay and with that i just stop here i think Alhamdulillah, that was the last of our four-part series on why does Allah allow suffering. Tune in to the next Learn Islam podcast to listen to the rest of the series. Head to Adil YouTube channel to watch the video version of this series. Take care and until then, let's learn Islam.